Welcome to the N-E-R-E-J, N-Y-R-E-J podcast. I'm your host, Rick Kaplan. My guest today is Joe DePompio, and he is with Structural Workshop. And Joe is going to talk to us a little bit about the regulations that are in New Jersey and New York on facades and uh, parapet. Yeah, that's the the main topic of today is a new requirement that kind of adds on to what we discussed on our last uh, our last podcast. Okay, so why don't we go right into that and find out what, you know, I, I did hear a little bit about this topic, and I know it's fairly new. I think, what is it, 2022 they come out? Come up with uh, no, well, it doesn't start till January 1st, 2024. Oh, um, okay, so. This there recently was something in the um, New York Real Estate Journal. Someone had written a, a small blurb on the basics of it. We have something that we're going to have in there along with some ads in the near future, but it's just um, just getting out to the public and and the requirements don't start till January 1st of next year. Okay. So. I'm getting I'm, I'm confused with the garage. Uh, yeah, correct. There, that was in 2022. <laughs> this is actually part of, this is actually an add-on to that, that local law, but that only is a, a legal distinction that it was kind of passed as, as part of the same thing. This is a completely separate and different, as we'll talk about, um, different program. So, um, Okay, so what are they going to be wanting you to look at? So, so what are they going to want to look at to make sure that everything is sound? Sure. Um, this applies to... Um, hold on, I just want to make sure I get this right. Um <laughs> Every building owner in New York City must have an observation, and this is straight from New York City Buildings website here. Every building owner must have an observation of the parapet on their building performed in accordance with the requirements of what we're going to talk about. All buildings uh, with parapets fronting the public right away, regardless of height, with the exception of detached one or two family homes or buildings with a fence or other barrier preventing access to the exterior wall. So basically, anybody that owns a um, a building that is on the sidewalk has a parapet that has the potential to uh, fall onto the sidewalk. Same logic behind Local Law 11 with the, the bigger facade inspection program um, needs to get that parapet inspected annually. Um, so that's that's one of the differences. Um and uh, we, we can go through more, but that's the answer to your, your first question. Basically, any building in New York that's on the sidewalk and has a parapet, which most buildings on the sidewalk do, needs to get inspected annually. And the main reason is because of anything falling onto people walking along the, the, the sidewalk, I'm, I'm sure. Correct. I mean, there, there's Local Law 11, which we talked about pretty extensively last time. And that's been in place for a long time that applies to bigger buildings. It's a very formal program. You have to submit everything to DOB. There, there's there's very formal requirements for what you have to do. Um, you have to open up probe holes and, and check connections. And it's um, this applies uh, to, to many more buildings, but it's also a lot looser simpler requirements and it's really only looking for for safety hazards i mean parapets do especially on older brick and, and masonry buildings uh, you get deterioration you get expansion and contraction which cracks them and 
And there is probably as much, if not more, of a risk from from parapet issues and and bricks and pieces of parapets falling to the street as there is to what Local Law 11 looks to solve, which is is bigger buildings and, and stuff falling off of them. I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but if I was walking down the street and got hit in the head with a brick, I, I whether it came from eight stories or three stories, I, I don't know if that would really I'd be thinking about that at the moment, right? So. Yeah, I mean that's. You know, we talked about this when we were talking about all the garage structures and how everyone just assumes, well, it's a it's a building. It must be inspected all the time because, you know, that people are going in and out of it. And, they, you know, the same with the walking along the street. People are just not assuming that anything's going to fall from the sky. You know, you're walking along the street, you don't expect some, some parapets that I've seen, again, especially the, this really... I mean, although it applies to, to all buildings, like a modern building with a curtain wall system or, you know, a bypass metal stud wall system, you know, typically they're going to be fine. This is really geared for, for brick and, and masonry parapets, and they, they do deteriorate. We've seen a lot of uh, bad ones that are out of plumb, that are cracked, that are deteriorating, that have loose pieces, um, not just in New York, and very common on the Gold Coast of New Jersey and Jersey City and um um, Hoboken and Bayonne. Um, th this is just the style of construction here. And uh, these, and, and the next thing is probably going to be sidewalk vaults because, um, you know, a lot of the sidewalks in New York, the building goes out under the sidewalk in the basement. And uh, those are notoriously bad for, for rusting and corrosion. Nobody ever goes in them. Nobody ever looks at them and they get leaked on for, for years. Um, it's a miracle that you don't have, uh, more things crashing through sidewalks. I, I, I think that's generally a function of, you know, there's generally not vaults under parts of sidewalks that get driven on, but occasionally you do see a delivery truck or something that backs up onto the sidewalk and crashes through the vaults. So I think that's probably the next thing coming in terms of um, things that should get inspected. For years, uh, you know, in the downtown shopping areas, they used to have the elevators right on the sidewalks. You know, it would come right up, the doors would open up on the sidewalk and the elevator would come up, they load up the order and bring it back down. I oh, don't wow. think they don't I don't think they do that anymore. No, that I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know it used to they, they used to do it a lot in New York City and also in, in Boston, uh, where you know, you couldn't get a truck behind these buildings. Right. The reasoning for that. And right. most of their warehousing of us, the stores would be underground in the basements. Right. So that right. elevator would come up through the sidewalk. They'd load all their freight on it and then they lower it down and then the doors would shut on top of it and right. back to a sidewalk. Right. So I, that's at least something that's getting looked at and probably maintained because it's used and somebody, somebody has to keep it running to keep their business going. But a lot of these, these vaults are just, um, you well, know, that's the thing. I don't think they use them anymore. I, correct. I they have doors and stairs. I haven't seen elevators. They're probably all removed. But but you know, other than the ones that are used, they're they're kind of abandoned and and they just leak. I mean, they're they're nobody maintains the water tightness of the roof. So and a lot of them have steel framing. So put water and steel together and give it thirty years of not looking at it. You know what happens? <laughs> right. No. I, I. You know, like I said, most people just. Uh, I'm assuming that anything was, is going to happen because 
they just figured, oh, this building was built and people come and inspect it all the time or the owner is aware of anything kind of uh, deterioration is going to fix it. But that's not the case. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's some sometimes it's the case, but there's plenty of things there that only you only need one of them to go wrong for it not to be the case. So right. sometimes sometimes the owners are oblivious. Sometimes they're knowingly oblivious and, and sometimes they're knowingly knowing and and don't care and don't want to do it or don't or can't. I mean, granted, there, there are there are situations where there's just not the funds available and they're trying. Um, and there's um, others who try to do everything by the book and it really the varies tremendously like like everything in the in the New York metro area we have a tremendous variety of types of buildings age of buildings and um how attentive owners are to their buildings <laughs> well i but you you know you're pretty good about uh expressing what your rates are to inspect these things i know i read that article that you wrote on the garage uh inspections uh, it gave someone a, kind of an idea of what it would cost for for them for someone like you to come out, or exactly yeah, the parapet. <laughs> um, what what I'm what we're thinking of doing. Um, yes, because I didn't I didn't get to this yet, but but we'll we'll get into it now. Uh, the 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 inspections are a little bit different, and they need to be done annually. And the report needs to be sent to obviously if there's a, a safety issue, it needs to go right to DOB, and you got to get sidewalk bridging. I mean, that's the the only the only good thing about parapets having issues on them is uh, the way to protect pedestrians. If you do, is you put up a sidewalk bridge, and you know how much of that is around in New York. And and there's companies on call 24 hours a day to get a sidewalk bridge in and a pinch, and it's not not very hard to do, not cheap, but um, it, it's very common. Uh, so you know you can almost immediately alleviate a safety concern by getting that sidewalk bridge up, but Provided there's not a safety concern, um, it needs to be inspected once a year, and the report does not get filed with DOB unless there's a, a safety concern. It go, goes to the building owner, and they have to keep them for six years. So you keep a running tally of six years worth of reports. Um, so, well, we're since the onus now really for record keeping and scheduling and maintaining this is on the owners as opposed to you know everything having to go through DOB what we'd like to do is set up kind of a, a service and a program for the owners where, where they can kind of hire us for the first year, uh, but we'll automatically reach out to them. We might keep their billing info. We, we, we you know, we'll reach out to them when it's time. We'll, we'll schedule it for them and we'll just do that every year for them. And we'll keep everything on file with us also. So if they lose it or have an issue, we, we have a, a running tally of all the reports and uh, kind of, Kind of manage the process for them because because it's a you know the onus is on them in this case as opposed to to the engineer and dob and some of the other cases but i i don't have any any pricing yet it's really you know we're going to kind of have a standard pricing for for your typical row house building those are kind of all going to be the same but but there's factors here you have to do up close inspections and, and the access to that's going to vary i mean you could have a a building with a fire escape where I can just walk up the fire escape and, and do the up close inspection and walk down and be done in a half an hour. Um, another one, we might need to to rent a lift and close off the sidewalk and get permits and, and all kinds of other things. And, and obviously that's two very different um, costs for the same size building. So, well, you know, what I don't understand is in the long run, if, a, if someone's owning property, the long run, it's, 
probably less expensive for them to have some kind of a maintenance program that they put together on their own, you know, or some property owners, their philosophy is if it's doesn't, if it's nothing's going wrong right now, I'm not touching it. I'll just wait until something goes wrong, which could end up costing a lot. <laughs> well, there, there's a, a lot of different ways to to make money in real estate. Um, you know, you, you have principal pay down, you have income, you've got appreciation and, and all sorts of variations of those. That's why we're all we're all in the real estate business and we love it for those reasons. But um you also have a lot of different ways to work those approaches. And, and there's certainly plenty of people who look at a building purely from a cash and numbers perspective and don't care about anything else. And if they're cash flowing on the building, they're they're not even going to look at anything else until, you know, they're legally required to or, or something becomes a major liability or you know, something brings it to their attention. Now, now you have smart owners that invest in their buildings for the long term and want to keep their life cycle costs down which is the which is kind of what you're getting at the total cost of ownership and in, in the time you own that building and and you can do tremendous amounts of of life cycle um you know cost improvement by spending a little money all, often on maintenance as opposed to waiting for there to be a problem like yeah, I had yeah. To, go ahead yeah. You know, it takes time for all these things to be implemented, uh, like for these new rules and regulations. They're all safety regulations, uh, which is very important because in nowadays you have so many people that walk our public streets, drive our public streets. You know, you have to have some kind of a safety precautions, you know, in place. Um you know, that's why, you know, when people were working on building, OSHA was developed, you know, so that, you know, these uh, contractors, they go to work. They, you know, uh, unfortunately, accidents still happen, but it's not as frequent as it did, it, you know, go back into the 40s. You know. Yeah, you see pictures of uh, people 70 stories up, iron workers with no uh, protection whatsoever, just kind of doing the tight, the tightrope walk on a beam. I mean, that's right. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, my, my grandfather, that's how he he died. He was killed. He fell off a seven story building. Oh, God. he was a brick. He was a bricklayer, oh. you know, but you know, when was that like what? what? Oh, that was in the 40s. OK, so, you know, you have... before I was around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not firsthand experience, but a family family legacy experience in, in that. So, um, yeah, it's uh it's crazy some of the some of the things they used to do back uh, back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there were no regulations, mm -hmm. and basically, you know, now we're coming into a, a eras that we had regulations, but now we're and it's needed. Now we have to have even more safety regulations because of the amount of people using our streets and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because because I I would certainly prefer a world where, you know, the building owners properly managed their building and and didn't have to you know worry about these types of regulations. Uh, but they did it themselves. But but yeah, when when they're not doing it and and the public safety people who have nothing to do with anything here, they're just walking down the street is you know or sleeping in their building at night is affected. Unfortunately, uh, I think they need a little bit of a nudge. So that's what these these rules aim to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, 
it, it's becoming more and more common, but maybe because of the internet and the, uh, you know, the news outlets on cable, or there's 20 million of them on the cable TV. You, we hear about it more often. Yeah, that's with anything in the news, though, right? I mean, you, you, um, you know, with child abductions or any, right. anything that, that, you know, seems like it's so much worse now than it used to be. It, it, it's generally not. If you look at the statistics, it's, it's just, you hear about all of it immediately. So you wouldn't know about what's going on in, in Kansas, uh, you know, years ago, but, but now if something happens there, you know, about it three seconds later with an alert on your phone. So it's this constant barrage of how terrible the world is when right. statistically on a lot of measures we're doing tremendously better than we ever have so we're getting off topic but um. that's right you know so i mean we're going in the right direction that's the the main thing (laughs) so i could let me let me fill in the blanks here on the rest of this um so the 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 basics that it must include but not limited to obviously there's discretion for for the person inspecting the power pit but they they want the plumbness of it checked um which which means if it's you know leaning either way and that's very common for parapets to lean, um, especially, again, this especially is old brick masonry parapets. Um, if there's excessive deterioration, and again, that's another thing that's very common. A lot of times the parapet takes the uh, brunt of the rain and, and wind and things because it's the highest point up there. If you look at the the wind loading and the building code, the, the loads on the parapet are the highest out of everything because the wind blows over the top of them and creates a suction on the backside in addition to the pressure on the front side so you're you're you have very high pressures on corners and parapets and things that stick out um and then um you know things that are attached to it if you have antennas or railings or um, ladders things uh, fire escapes just make sure that the attachments are, are stable those are the the main things uh that it requires and then obviously it's up to the discretion of the person inspecting if they need to do more you need to get up close to it so if you have roof access to it or a fire escape access or something like that or, or window access uh, that that many cases will be enough but but there will be cases where unfortunately access is probably going to cost more than the inspection uh, to to get somebody up close to it and um and that's it the the, the uh, immediately have to notify uh new york city buildings if there's a safety hazard otherwise you just file it with uh file it with the owner. As I said, what we're going to try to aim to do is kind of have our own uh, parallel service to keep all this organized for the owner. And um, and that's it. They got to keep it for six years. And uh, there's a couple of requirements to what has to go in the report, but that's, you know, nothing, just, you know, what you have to put in there, but there's nothing, uh, nothing there that's earth shattering or different than any other report. And um, unsafe conditions need to be corrected within 90 days. Um, and the public protection, which would be sidewalk bridging, has to remain in place until a condition is remedied. And that's uh, that's where we are as of now. <laughs> so well, we'll come January 1st, we'll, we'll, we'll know a lot more because uh, everyone's going to start doing these. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like, uh, you know, this is this is a positive thing. I think it is. I mean, I, I, again, it's just from experience of seeing the condition of some of these parapets. I mean, we're, we're doing a ton of inspections in Jersey City now under their facade program. And a lot of those are, are brick masonry row house buildings that have parapets. So um, we flag the parapets. Sometimes parapets are the only issue. Facade is perfect. But once you get above that roof line, that, that wall is just hanging up there in, the, in space and in the wind. It's, it's, so it's a whole different condition that deteriorates 
quicker than than the rest of the building. Okay, well, Joe, you know your stuff, so. <laughs> Yeah. And and you have a team of people that know their stuff, you know, so uh, people can be assured that uh, if they call you, they'll, they'll get uh, the, the right job done and they'll be fine to, you know, their regulation, they'll feel, be fine in the regulations that are coming forward. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a lot of, a uh, lot of experience with this. I uh, recently had to do an expert report and, um, you know, you're, you're right in the intro about, you know, sell yourself essentially that's just the nature of uh, being an expert witness um but uh yeah i now you know uh i have in there that i've done inspected thousands of structures uh you know of all types sizes ages and um uh, getting getting to that age where <laughs> where where i've got uh, quite the resume and uh, quite the experience and, right. and just, you know so sometimes just seeing that many things over that much time i mean you really can just immediately pick up what's going on so well i want to thank you for the information joe and i'm sure the property owners in new jersey and new york will also want to thank you as well if uh, they, if they need to any information or they need your help for any of these their facades their garage their facade their parapet mm -hmm. uh they can find out more about your company at structural workshop.com structuralworkshop.com yep yeah. and, and the number is uh 973-771-6970 that's our main number and we're going to have something in um in the new york real estate journal on this in the next uh next month or two uh i don't i don't know the specifics yet but we're putting something together for it yeah and uh, you know we do appreciate that because you do put out uh some great information when you write the your articles mm -hmm. so uh I know a lot of people will be looking forward to reading that as well. Again, thank you, Joe. We're talking yeah, great, with Joe. Great to see you again. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you. We're talking with Joe DePompeo, and he is with Structural Workshop. And I'm Rick Kaplan from the New England and New York Real Estate Journal. And until next time. Right. Thank you.